Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to My Millennial Career. My name is Shelley Johnson. I'm a HR consultant and the founder of Bold Side, where I help leaders build epic teams. And I'm currently sitting in a hotel room in Melbourne because I've been running a bunch of leadership workshops down here. But on today's show, let's just dive straight in. I've been wanting to do an episode for a while on career risks, and we wrote about this in our book, Sort Your Career Out. So today, you're going to hear the good risks you need to take and the bad risks you need to avoid. Let's get into it. So one of the things I've noticed lately with people I've been talking to about work is this idea of taking risks. So how do you take good risks and how do you know the difference? What's a good risk and what is a bad risk? And for me, one of the big risks that I've taken in the last year, in two weeks, it'll be one year since I started my business. And that was a massive risk. And you might've heard me talk previously about how I'm a risk averse person. I don't love risk at all. I think that I'm quite considered. And then I, <laughs> and then I started my business and I'm like, oh my gosh, this whole process is just a whole thing of risk taking every day and every week and it never ends. And I'm only a year in, but I just think how relevant this is at the moment for people that any big decision in your career or even some of the small decisions have elements of risk. And I think the important thing is to know well, is this a good risk that I should take or is this a bad risk? And when we don't know the answer to that question, what ends up happening is we do nothing. And the funny thing with that is that that is a risk in and of itself. So today I'm going to share with you the good risks you need to take in your career and some of the risks that I think you need to avoid. And to preface this whole conversation, I want to tell you a bit about where I found myself. It would have been a couple of years ago now. I was in Newcastle, my hometown, sitting in a Mexican restaurant uh, with my sister, Laura, and my good friend, Lauren, who both of them run their own business and they're both really successful and do really cool stuff. And I remember I was in a really bad spot at the time. I'm laughing now because I can laugh about it now, but at the time it was not a laughing matter. I was in a really bad spot in my career. I was in a job that wasn't right for me and I felt really stuck is how I would describe it. I was, yeah, sitting in this restaurant and I remember just bursting into tears and saying, oh my gosh, I'm really not happy. I need to make a change. I feel like I want to do my own business, but I'm absolutely terrified. And how did you guys start your own business? And they both responded in different ways. And Laura, my sister, she's like, you've made a bad move in your career. You just need to own it. And now you need to move past it and take a risk. And so she was basically just telling me to suck it up, take the risk. And it was really good and right advice and not kind of wallow in my own self-pity. And then Lauren, I asked this question. I distinctly remember her answer. I, I just said, oh, how did you find the courage to take a risk? 
Like, how did you find the courage to start your own business? Because she runs an amazing retail, amazing homeware stores and online business and it's just gone nuts. And she said to me, she's like, I, I wasn't courageous. I was scared shitless, but I knew that I couldn't stay where I was. And I think for me, that really was an interesting reflection. She was basically saying she was terrified, but she kind of felt like she had no other options. And so the only option she had was to back herself. As I thought about that and thought about where I was at at that particular moment where I felt really stuck, I started to realize that there's this power in stuck moments, that in our career, we can have stuck moments where we feel like we're trapped and we don't have any options. But I think what I've learned from that experience, what I've learned from a number of other mentors in my life has been stuck is a choice and it's a mindset. And sometimes we get stuck because of reasons outside of our control, but a lot of times they're things within our control. Like for me, I was just in the wrong job. I just wasn't in the right space, but I felt like I didn't have any options available to me. And the fact was I did, and there were options. It's just that I wasn't choosing to take the risk. And what I've learned through this whole process of the last 12 months of running my business has been, I've had to quickly learn what risks are good and what risks are bad. And my main measurement for that is, and I ask myself this question regularly, and I would encourage you to ask yourself this question. Does the opportunity equally excite me and terrify me? And I think that's a really good benchmark for a good risk. So if you're presented with an opportunity at the moment, does that opportunity excite you and terrify you? Or does it just flat out terrify you? Or are you bored? Or are you looking at an opportunity thinking, I could do that with my eyes closed. There's no growth there. If that's the case, those things to me don't seem like risks or opportunities that light you up. But for me, one of the measurements I have now or the ways that I assess a risk is I look at it and I go, does this thing equally excite me and terrify me? And if it does, then it's probably a good risk to take because I've got some energy around it. There's like excited, nervous energy, but there's also this feeling of, can I, can I actually do this? And that kind of growth thing kicks in. It's like, okay, I might not know all the answers, but I'm excited about the opportunity and I know that I can grow and learn through this. And I think that is such a good indicator of a good risk. And so as I was processing this huge decision to launch my own business, that's really what I weighed up and went back to and hearing both Laura and Lauren at that really stuck moment where I was just like, oh my gosh, I've made a bad decision. How have I ended up here? What do I do now? Like I'm really struggling. Hearing both of them say, back yourself, take a risk. And if all else fails, you're a learner. Like you can learn, you can grow and use it as a growth opportunity. And so right now, if you have a risk that you're weighing up, I want you to look at it through that lens of, is it exciting? Is it terrifying? And are you a grower? Because if you are, then I think you can make many risks work. But if that's not enough for you, which is, you know, that simple thing is not enough for me. Like I want to have a big long list of like the pros, the cons, all the possible like worst case scenarios and weigh them all up. Well, if, if this is not enough for you, I'm going to give you a couple of signs of good risks and bad risks. 
We wrote about this in our book, Sort Your Career Out and Make More Money, so shameless plug. Let me kick off with the first good risk you need to take. Number one, acknowledge your fear and take action anyway. So for me, I really needed to acknowledge the fear that was there, that can I do this? Am I good enough? Do I know everything? And, and the answer to a lot of those questions was, do I know everything? No, I have no idea. But am I a learner? Yes. Okay, so acknowledge the fear and then take action. And there's this amazing quote from Robert Greene in his book, 48 Laws of Power, that is, take action a bit before you're ready. So if you take action when you're ready or when you feel ready, you've probably taken action too late. So what I want you to do is take action before you're ready. And that's where sometimes if you feel imposter syndrome or you feel like, I don't have what it takes, I don't have all the skills for this, that might be a good sign that you need to take the plunge because if you're waiting until you feel totally qualified, competent, skilled and ready, you'll have missed the boat. And what I want for you to do is is take action. And Simran Kaur from Girls That Invest, she came on the podcast earlier this year, she tells her story about taking a risk and weighing up the risks. And I encourage you to go back and listen to that episode. It was in the beginning of the year. We'll put it in the show notes because her advice around risk-taking, she's quite a risk-averse person, but she's built this crazy, amazing business. And she really shares her considered approach to starting her business. And so if you want to start your business or you want to start a side hustle or something, go and listen to that because there's so much gold in that conversation. So number one, acknowledge your fear and then take action anyway. Don't let fear rule your decision-making is essentially what I'm trying to say. Number two, ask for help. People want to help you. I've worked in HR for so long and I've seen thousands of employees in that time. And one common theme I've seen that stands out is that people don't ask for help nearly enough. So they don't ask for what they need. They don't ask for what they want and they don't share their goals in their career with people actively. And so what I want you to do is ask for help, ask for what you want, because people want to help you. And actually there's this amazing research about the helpers high. I can't remember the psychologist, but you can Google it. And it's this idea that when someone helps you, they get a benefit out of that. And it builds a deeper relationship with that person. So I want you to ask someone for help. So maybe it's talking to a mentor. Maybe it's asking someone to be a mentor. Maybe it's asking someone you respect in your company out for coffee, shout them lunch and pick their brain for an hour and learn how did they get to where they are and and learn from them. So it doesn't have to be these big things. It could be small things that you're asking for help with. The other thing you might be doing is talking to a manager about, hey, I'd love to eventually get a promotion into this role could you help me get there? How often are you having these conversations? It might be that, hey, I think our culture needs work. Can we do a workshop as a team? It might be, I think we need more in-person hangouts. Can we connect and get together? Or you might ask your business to fund some of your uni degree because they're so expensive, which we all know right now because we're seeing all the cost of our help debt go up. Ask for something, ask for help. Embo and our previous host on this podcast said your manager is not a mind reader. So let them know what you want. Ask for help. It's a good risk to take. It doesn't mean that it will always pan out exactly how you want it. But just simply the act of asking can mean that down the track, an opportunity can come your way. So it might be you ask for a promotion or an opportunity eventually. Your manager might not have that right now. But down the track, when that thing comes up, 
they remember, oh, yes, Jack wanted this thing. Now there's an opportunity. I'm going to put him forward for it. And here's some other things just to finish this round this one out because, you know, I like to give a long answer. There's some other things that you can ask for. So the ability to work from wherever, a four-day work week, a career break, the ability to choose your own hours and work schedule, paid time off for study and learning opportunities, a well-being or employee assistance program, company shares, paid time off to volunteer, benefits like extra leave or being able to choose your public holiday leave dates and better coffee because it's like if you've got like Makona in your office, I reckon you can ask for better coffee and see what they do. But anyway, the essence of this is ask for help or ask for what you want more often. Let me know how you go with this. It doesn't always work immediately, but I guarantee you it creates opportunities in the long term. And the last good risk you need to take is back yourself. I really think it's important to build self-trust. And Brene Brown talks about this idea of self-trust a lot of how do you build self-trust? So it might be that intuition or feeling like you've got this little inkling of something. Is that how you said inkling? Inkling? Ing? I I feel like I'm talking these same words and then realizing, I don't know if that's the correct way to say that. But anyway, you might have this kind of impression that you need to do something, that you need to pursue a certain thing. And for me, like, I'd had for years this vibe that I'd love to do my own business one day or I'd love to do, yeah, my own brand of like HR that isn't boring. And it was just this thing that was recurring in my life where I kind of kept coming back to it, but fear really stopped me from pursuing it earlier. And then I had to get to a crappy point in my career to realise, you know what, enough is enough. I've been thinking about this for ages I have wanted to do this and I'm just going to back myself in it. And it wasn't that simple because, you know, there was all these steps involved. But I remember my old boss, Deb, I I called her in a big decision point moment. And she was the person that said to me, Shell, you just need to back yourself. You just need to give it a go. And I think she knew me well enough to know I've been thinking about it for a really long time and was like, if you don't do this, you're going to regret it. At that point in my life, I remember reading this book by Daniel Pink called The Power of Regret. It's a relatively new book that he's written. I'd really recommend you read it if you're struggling with risks. And his research, he researched thousands of people around the things that they regret most in life. And his research found that the things that people regret most were the actions that they didn't take, not the things that they did do. So often we think of regret as, oh, I shouldn't have said that or I shouldn't have done that. But what he found in his book was that people regret the failures of boldness. So they regret the things that they thought they wanted to do but never got around to it. And I just love that so much. People regret the failures of boldness more than the action that they did take. So be bold and back yourself. If you've had this thing that you've wanted to do for a long time, it might be leading a team. It might be moving interstate for a job. It might be asking your boss for a promotion or putting your hand up for a job that you think, I don't know if I have all the skills, but I'm just going to put my hat in the ring. You're not going to regret that at the end of your life. The thing that you're going to regret is not taking those opportunities. So I want you to hear me, back yourself, do the thing. All right, we're going to go to a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the three bad risks you need to avoid. 
If you want to grow in your career, I just wanted to remind you about our book, Sort Your Career Out and Make More Money. Glenn James and I have written this book to help you with any kind of career crisis, but also those things that you want, like getting a promotion, making more money, moving into a leadership role, or if it's time to quit your job. You can find our book wherever you get good books from, or you can listen on the audio book, Sort Your Career Out and Make More Money. Now let's get back to the show. 
it is really a huge risk when your work is prioritised over your health, be that your mental health, your physical health, whatever that looks like for you. The cost and the fallout of this is just so massive. If you're continually placing your job above your own health, you can do that for a short period of time, but it's just not sustainable in the long term. And if a job requires you to prioritise the work over your health, then that's a big concern. Sometimes, though, this is what happens. Like I have worked for Deb, who I mentioned before, my old boss. She's the most exceptionally talented, kind, beautiful leader, like the most, like I just can't describe how good of a leader she is. And when I was working for her, I prioritised the job of my health. That wasn't a reflection of the culture and that wasn't a reflection of her leadership. That was a reflection of me being a workaholic and having some unhealthy relationships with my job. And so sometimes we do this even though the workplace doesn't want us to. Like it doesn't, you could be in the most healthy work environment. You could work for the best boss ever, but because of your own lack of boundaries, you could be like me. And then all of a sudden, you know, you hit a burnout, a period of burnout, which is exactly what happened. That wasn't anyone else's fault. That was on me. Like that was my poor ownership over my own health. And so I want you to think about this and go, okay, am I the problem? (laughs) Because I reckon a lot of the time we're the problem. I mean, you might be in a toxic culture and if that's the case, go and listen to previous episodes, but it could be you. (laughs) Everyone message me if this relates, message me and I apologize if this is offensive. But for me, this is such a real thing, right? Like I had to own that I wasn't, I wasn't setting good practices. I didn't have any boundaries and it wasn't the workplace's fault. It was my own. So I've had to change some of my behavior to avoid that now and now I am a bit more diligent in exercising not like you know I got a Pilates reformer so there's that (laughs) but anyway that's an aside I want you to know that a really terrible risk to take in your career is prioritizing your job over your health it has to be long term we have to think about our career in the long term and go okay my health comes first I can't serve anyone if I'm not healthy like you just you just can't so that's it, rant over. And just say it with me, I'm the problem. It's me. (laughs) Uh, Okay, final one. Number three, the bad risk you need to avoid is taking no risks. So it kind of speaks to what I was talking about up front with my own career story, where I felt stuck. And I know if you're in this zone, when you feel stuck right now, and you feel like you have no options, you tend to stagnate. And we tend to avoid risks. And I want you to know right now that taking no risks is a massive risk in and of itself because we stop growing, we stop learning, we stay safe, we stay comfortable, and that might be easy for a while. That might be kind of nice. And sometimes we need little breaks. I'm not talking about breaks. We all need breaks. Career breaks are super valuable and taking time off or changing the pace because you've had a burnout experience and you need to kind of step back from what you're doing and do something that is more manageable, that is good. So hear me, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about those moments where you start to coast. And I heard someone in a workshop I was running the other day saying, you only coast down a hill. So you don't grow when you're coasting was essentially what they were saying. And I think 
that idea of when you feel stuck or if you feel trapped, that's because you're not taking any risks. And that was the case for me. And it wasn't until I started to practice some of this stuff of backing myself, taking action before I was ready, listening to great mentors and people around me who had lots of wisdom and avoiding some of the bad risks that I was able to change the circumstances that I was in. And so if you're feeling stuck, I want you to start activating that risk muscle. Now you might not just go out and quit your job today. That's not what I'm saying. Start to find ways to increase your tolerance to risk. So it might be that you jump on LinkedIn, you message a recruiter and you say, hey, could we catch up for a coffee? Or hey, could I send you my resume? Or hey, I'm interested in X, Y, Z. So take some risks. It might be that you have a conversation with someone in your network about whether they've got any opportunities. It might be that you talk to your boss about a promotion that you've been, that's been on your mind for ages. Whatever that is for you, stuck is a choice sometimes. And we don't even realize we're making it where we just kind of stay put and we think this problem is the organization's problem or it's my leader's problem or it's whoever is in the wrong. When really, I want you to take some risks, take the good ones and don't take the bad ones that we've discussed today on this episode. I've wanted to do this conversation for ages and I'm really stoked that we have had this because it's really important. I wanna close off this conversation by just sharing that Daniel Pink quote one more time from his book, The Power of Regret. And he says, the biggest regrets are the failures of boldness. Well, thanks to everyone who's been messaging me on LinkedIn about the episodes. I love, bloody love hearing from you. Seriously, it makes my whole week. I'm such a sucker for feedback. If you love the show, share it with a friend, get the word out there. Thanks so much for hanging out. Give us a five-star rating review because I'm needy like that. All right, see ya, bye. We acknowledge the Awabakal people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits and pay respects to their elders past, present and emerging. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. We love learning how to do all things well, which is why we have a bunch of different podcasts on a variety of topics. So go and check out My Millennial Investor, My Millennial Money Professional, My Millennial Property, My Millennial Money, and our Spotify exclusive show, My Millennial Daily. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.